what are we standing up for? The ability, the freedom to do what's right as God defines that right. God's the ultimate author of liberty. We don't want government to stand between us and our freedom to do what is right. Hello, welcome to the Bible Nation podcast. I'm Doug Levesque. With me today again is Pastor Jason Georges from Emmanuel Baptist Church in Corona, Michigan. Pastor Georges, it's good to have you back. It's been quite a while since we've been back in studio. There's been a lot going on in church life, in our lives, but a lot going on in the world. We have a lot to talk about today. How are you doing today? No, I'm, I'm doing great. A little bit of travel. Yep. Uh, got out of the country for a little bit, but as we were kind of going through all these things, yeah, the world just decided to basically go to hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we were talking about all this right. because the, the last uh, yeah, episodes that we did, we were talking about the potential peace in Israel with the Saudis and how that had biblical ramifications to it and how God, you know, God's in control. He knows what's going on. And then all that's going on in Israel is, is almost in response to not our podcast, right, right. <laughs> but is in response to what we said was happening, that there was this unprecedented peace going on that I think Hamas decided took upon itself to say, we're not going to let that happen. Right. And, um, and well, so it was in response to biblical gravity. Absolutely. And of course, and that's all we're monitoring. Yes. We're just here at the Richter scale yeah. of biblical gravity going, it's pinging. Yeah. And uh, that's that's all that's happening there. So I decided today as we come back that we'll pick up from that and we'll talk about Hamas, Hezbollah, and particularly the hostages, because that's what's in the news as we're as we're talking today. There is a temporary pause. People like to say ceasefire or truce, but it's not a ceasefire or truce. It really is a temporary pause. Uh, in order to get some hostages back in exchange for prisoners, which are not political prisoners. They're criminal prisoners, uh, mostly from the West Bank. They are Palestinians that align with Hamas. And so, and, and all of this, just for context, is we haven't had uh, a podcast since we the war started. Right. This is all in, in, in context of the now six, eight-week war right. that's been happening with Israel and, and Hamas uh, murdering hundreds of Israeli citizens and now... Uh, uh, Israel invading or um, destroying Hamas in the Gaza Strip. So most of what you'd see on, you know, network television um, is minuscule. You're not getting the whole story. Right. And usually leftist media is giving you kind of a, a tainted view of what's going on. And sometimes the vocabulary is going back and forth, so you really don't know how to um, define the vocabulary. And so from one minute to the next, you're kind of, emotions are going up and down and then you see rioters in the streets and you you know that sort of thing and then most of what you're seeing in on the internet like this is from people getting information and either just regurgitating it or saying hey wait a minute let's really look at what what's going on and i think that's what we're doing today with the lens of scripture on right in regards to hamas and Hezbollah. well and, and what hamas. you what the word that you said there that's very pertinent is emotions because mm -hmm. the media is not dealing in truths right facts mm -hmm. Uh, or even equities, right. they're dealing strictly in emotions. Right. And so the images, the stories that are being highlighted, the same images re uh, repeated over and over again, highlighting different stories, right. the same crying baby, the same blown up uh, corner of a hospital, whatever it is, mm -hmm. is all designed to provoke a planned response. And, and again, that's why I said um, it's not really a truce, it's not right. really a ceasefire, so I'm trying to <clears throat> define the terms. It's really more of a pause to exchange what are true hostages, and I want to talk about hostage taking, um, with political prisoners. It's not a right. hostage exchange right. sort of thing. It's not even really a prisoner exchange, 
because it's, it's one thing on one side and one thing on another. And if anybody's kind of taken it in the shorts, it's, it's Israel. Right. They were winning. And, and so putting the pressure on is what caused um, ha Hamas to say, okay, whoa, we're about to be taken over. Let's offer some of these hostages, which is why they took them in the first place. Right. And so Israel had to say, ugh, you know, do we stop the pressure? And that's why from the beginning they've said, this isn't over. We're coming back. We're just doing this for prisoners. And they've been very clear about that even though all the talk gets muddled between nations and, mm -hmm. you know, some of the European nations have come out and said, you know, we want this truce to continue or this ceasefire needs to continue. Um, I, today, the, the latest news was that um, uh, Iran and Hezbollah are coming out and saying, well, we'll be peaceful on the border if the truce continues. Well, that wasn't part of the original right. deal at all. Right. And so, and yet all of a sudden it becomes part of the narrative and, and people might begin to think that that's, you know, that Israel is being unreasonable or whatever. But from, from the beginning, they have been clear with their vocabulary. From, from day one, they came out and said, this is war. Mm -hmm. And so their immediate retaliation with planes was after a declaration of war. Mm -hmm. And then from then, they've been consistent with going. Now, they have their internal battles going on for sure, but um, they are, I would say, 90 to 95% united in this, in this war. And, and let us be clear because we haven't had a chance to say the definitive statement, right. Israel has the right to defend itself yes. because Israel is a sovereign nation yes. that was attacked. Yes. And its citizens were murdered. And in, in, in that, in the, re the response for that is not necessarily a one-for-one one because when you invade a sovereign nation, when you, right. d when you uh, murder innocents, right. uh, and then the military response, it's not we, the military responds until the death tolls are the same. Right. The military responds until its nation that it's defending is protected. When um, Germany invaded Poland right. in World War II, September 1939, the Brits uh, had an agreement that, that they would declare war, and they did. Um, before they ever had sent troops, they, they declared war and then started gearing up for that. Well, then the Germans almost immediately began bombing civilians. Right? right, and this was almost unheard of. That it wasn't a battle between armies. It was we're bombing London, and some twenty-five thousand people died in the in the London bombings. I mean, they evacuated children of the countryside. People moved out of the city. They had all kinds of responses to that. Well, then uh, the British responded by bombing multiple British, I mean German cities through the course of the war, and. People think really the death toll went into the hundreds of thousands, perhaps a million people. Mm -hmm. The same with, uh, with, with Japan. Mm -hmm. Japan attacked us. We declared war. Uh, through the course of that, they tried to bomb some things on the West Coast. They sent incendiary bombs, et cetera, et cetera. And then we ended up not just nuking them, but just firebombing them. We killed more people with firebombing in Tokyo than we did with nuclear bombs. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were killing 100,000-plus a day just with firebombing uh, alone. And so the idea that people are outraged now that so-called 15,000 civilians, 60% women and children, well, that's all Hamas statistics, right? Right. That, that the news is reporting, you know, undiscriminatory and hardly re responding to that. It's probably half of that. M uh, much of that is probably terrorists. And some of it is, disappointingly, so-called innocents. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, I mean, that's war. But, but it, that's what I was to say. It's in line with all the other metrics of any other war in the 20th century that we said was just. It doesn't make it good. It no. doesn't, and, and, we, and we, we don't glory in it. And we, don't, and we talk about just war theory. 
doesn't make it good, doesn't make it just, but it makes it war. Right. And, and um, you know, we tried to make rules of warfare, and I think Israel is trying to do that, whereas Hamas has no impetus to do that and is not being held responsible. They just kind of play the whole woke mentality of throwing guilt upon uh, Europeans and Americans and, and trying to play that. That's kind of pretty much what they've got. Which this yeah. is such a secondary or another podcast. Yeah. But it's amazing. You can tell, you know, the en- the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. And how you have supposed contradictory worldviews actually aligning right. themselves. Right. Because it's never about the individual ideology. It's right. always about coming against God in the Bible. Right. That's what, that is the ideology of the world. Right. So you have Hamas, which are Muslims, yeah. uh, radical Muslims, yes. right? Yep. And who have no consideration for a homosexual no consideration women, for women blacks and then and then <laughs> and then you have the su- supposed progressives of this country uh, up in arms in right. defending Hamas right. who are who by by their very existence yeah. is the complete opposite of what they say they would stand up for yeah it's it's insanity isn't it it, it really it really is just absolutely crazy well you know when when Israel became a nation in 1948 the UN had made the partition and Britain basically had ruled all the whole area, right? And so they decided uh, with the UN that there would be a two-state solution. That was the initial thing. There would be two contiguous states, even though the map was just insane. Like whoever drew that map was just crazy. And they were trying to accommodate everybody, and, and, and they basically accommodated nobody. And Britain really, I think, is to blame because they promised the Arab Palestinians a state, or so the Arab Palestinians say, and they promised the Jews a state. And there were conflicts within the Jews, and there were conflicts within um, the Arabs. And I think probably the British understood this and, and probably fomented that as well so that they could rule. Mm. And then they all of a sudden want to back out and give it to the UN, and their mandate is over. And uh, so they kind of left it a mess. And it was probably going to be a mess, what you talk about, biblical, the biblical gravity of the situation. So then as soon as that takes place, well, all the Arab nations around attack. Now, I don't know if they took a vote amongst the Palestinian Arabs that lived in the area because all of a sudden the Palestinian Arabs, they're, they're a war that they can't win. They're fleeing the country. They're going to Jordan and Egypt and everywhere else. And over the three or four wars, all the way up through the 70s and then even the 80s, they keep losing ground mm-hmm. through warfare. Israel's being attacked. They're fighting back. They're gaining ground, spoils of war. Um, people have left. They leave their lands. The lands are kind of kind of like at, at a forfeiture at a bank, you know, they, they get sold or whatever. And, uh, and so they want a right of return. Israel's not going to give a right of return. They've offered it several times, but it's never, you know, happened. And so now there's very little, you know, green on the map that would be considered Arab-Palestinian land. Right. It's not contiguous. And so the idea of a two-state solution really has had 70-plus years. Right. Of, of consternation and offers and everything else that's not happened. And it's not, and really the Saudis, when they were offering this peace deal, were offering that. They were saying we need a two state solution. This needs to be solved. And of course, then this happens. And so it's farther away. It's not closer, it's farther away because who's going to rule what places? You know, because the West Bank is ruled by Fatah, the old PLO, and they've, they've declared that they would be peaceful and political, even though they're not. But two-thirds of the West Bank vote for Hamas. Right. And so the, the Fatah is holding on through corruption, through mock uh, elections. And, of course, in the Gaza, it's 80% that have voted for Hamas. So it ain't nobody innocent. 
uh, in all this. And of course, Hamas's charter is cut and dry. It's clear. It's 100%. We want to remove Israel from the map and make it our map. There's no diplomacy or two-state solution in their verbiage, even though everybody else around uh, talks that way. And the reason they do is because Egypt doesn't want to deal with them. Mm -hmm. Egypt doesn't want it. Jordan doesn't want to do them. They already have Palestinian refugee camps where the Muslim Brotherhood Hamas types are taken over, where they have foreign influence in their own land, and they can't handle it. The Arab world is brothers that can't stand each other. Oh, it's pure hypocrisy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Some of them have money, and some of them don't. Right. And, you, and you yeah, know. they just can't. And of course, there's a whole sociological, uh, anthropological, uh, like, reasons for that. Absolutely. You know, everything from polygamy and all the different things. Yeah. There's a reason why they don't like each other. Yeah. I they mean, can't that, get along. That, again, that goes back to the Bible. Right. That's, right? I mean, that's, there, was, there was Abraham, Abraham's and Sarah's impatience, right. and then there was Ishmael, and there was Ishmael's descendants. Genesis 9, he shall be a wild man, and yeah. every man shall be against him, and, every, and he shall be against every man. I mean, that's being played out today to some respect, even each other. It's like and, the Bible knows. And then Abraham marries Keturah, who yeah. supposedly was a handmaid of Sarah or whatever, and has an, an additional seven kids. So who's the inheritor of Abraham? Right. The Abraham Accords. I mean, that's what they're talking about. We're all sons of Abraham. We're all cousins, right? right? So cousins. let's just get along. But who gets the blessings and cursings of Abraham, right? right. Who gets that? And uh, so, you know, it's amazing that we're 3,500 years. I mean, we're more than that. We're 4,000 years right. removed. We really are. We're right. 4,000 years removed. And this is the central issue, issue leading the news uh, 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 papers, leading the, the news accounts. And we're talking about it today right. <laughs> because— because we're a Bible nation, and the Bible, you know, it talks but, about But the Bible yeah. was just written by some ignorant shepherds on the backside of the desert who knew nothing about anything. Right, <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. And yet it's ruling the affairs of the world. It's, it's right, that's right. Well, let's talk about really Hamas. Yeah, uh, yep. We'll talk about Hamas and then Hezbollah. And uh, the Department of um, National Intelligence uh, says that Hamas is an acronym for uh, Haraket al-Muqawama al-Islamiyah which means Islamic resistance movement. It's the largest, most capable militant group in the, in the uh, Palestinian territories. And one of the territory's two major political parties emerged in 1987 from the Muslim Brotherhood. Mm. Okay, so that's where the Muslim Brotherhood has come from. And uh, it is the de facto governing body in the Gaza Strip since 2007. Um, however, it is, you know, it has two-thirds of support in the West Bank as well. So mm. it's potent in the West Bank uh, as well. There are uh, huge Palestinian refugee camps in Lebanon, and there is great, uh, in Egypt as well, and there is, they have regional capitals, they call them, in Doha, Qatar, and Cairo, Egypt. There's mm -hmm. between 20 and 25,000 ruling members. So that's not just, that's not the military, that's just people that are part of the party. So think of a, of a, a Nazi party. Right. right, a minority that's ruling a majority and somehow is manipulating the military uh, control of what's going on, and they all want to get rid of the Jews. Uh, the United States State Department designated Hamas as a foreign terrorist organization in October of 1997, but just recently, when Biden became president, he took them off the list. So now they're talking about putting them back on the list. But why would he do that? Right. You know, why would he? Why would he do that when they're really? You know, very clear in that. So the the, the Department of um, National Intelligence still has them listed as a terrorist agent uh, organization, even though the Biden administration supposedly took them off that list. Mm. And yet, that's still on a government agency uh, website. Um, 
the Council on Foreign Relations is obviously not a government organization. It's a private organization, um, but many influential people, mostly from the United States and, and Great Britain, uh, are, are uh, part of the, the, the CFR, and basically a lot of them are our government persons. Or, mm -hmm. you know, it's a huge think tank. And so they uh, say, what is Hamas? And in summary, uh, a spinoff of the Palestinian branch of the Muslim Brotherhood. So again, we got two really respectable things saying they're part of the Muslim Brotherhood. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, they're a terrorist organization because of suicide bombings and rocket attacks. And then basically they they update it and say they have the deadliest attack in Israeli history uh, from what they've done there. Now the Muslim Brotherhood uh, took over ruling after Mubarak died in Egypt. The Muslim Brotherhood won the election. All right, that was during the Bush administration. And we were saying, oh, it's the Arab Spring. They had a free elections for the first time. Well, what did the people elect? They, they elected the Muslim Brotherhood. And al-Sisi, who is now the pr president of Egypt, he actually was a military commander that basically successfully cast a coup and mm -hmm. pushed out the Muslim Brotherhood. Mm -hmm. I mean, so that's really what happened there. At the same time, Erdogan, who's the president up in Turkey, he was the mayor of Istanbul, Constantinople, but he was a Muslim Brotherhood supporter. And so these are, the, these are the actors that you've got there supporting this mentality, even though some are Sunni and some are Shia, but both of the stated goals were to remove Israel, to go back pre-1948, not just 1967 supposed lines. So this is wishful thinking. This is wanting to go back in time. This would be like someone in the United States saying, we want to go back to happy days, mm -hmm. 1950s with the jukebox and Fonzie, hey, you know, and, and, and then basically trying to politically and militarily, even through terrorism, whatever, or, or, bring, it, bring it about. Or England saying we want to go pre-1776. Right. Like yeah. America does not exist. Right. Yeah. So, so it's a pipe dream, but again, it's, it's entailed culturally in the Islamic mindset yes. against the Jew uh, as well. Now, um, you know, ABC News is so liberal. So liberal, and yet they have the best timeline of the battle going on on their website, uh, Israel-Hamas war timeline and key developments. And so they really say that um, 1,200 people have been killed in Israel along with 6,900 others injured uh, on that day, October 7th, and 383 Israeli Defense Forces soldiers uh, have been killed since October 7th, including uh, 68 since the ground campaign began. So mm -hmm. there, I think today, as of today, there's... 69 uh, Israeli soldiers have been killed since the shooting war started. But on that day, there was an additional, basically 320-some soldiers were killed. So there were soldiers fighting that day, you know, on the, right. the border lines and in the city. Quick response. Yes, and there were some, I think, 50 or 60 what, policemen that got killed what, as well. Which is amazing and yeah. a testament to Israel's war-making ability because this is an easy war. This yeah. is urban warfare. Yeah. And that they're able to do so with such uh, high ability to preserve their own soldiers. Yeah, and, and the fact that three, you know, 320 guys plus 60 cops. So you had less than 400 people. Right. But they, they fought off, uh, they say 2,500. Yep. Who knows if that's just Israel. But they say they fought off 2,500 guys. And basically they, they were able to sustain a battle for about two days. Mm -hmm. October 7th, October 8th, and then maybe into October 9th was it before they all kind of retreated out. And, but Israel said, we were so weak at that time. If they would have pushed a couple more miles in, they could have taken 
really vital bases, communication yep. bases, armor bases, air bases. They could have destroyed airplanes because they didn't have, because it was a Sabbath, it was the end of a holiday, et cetera, et cetera. No, they, it, was, it was a Pearl Harbor. Their, it was, was absolutely. Their, their pants were down. So <clears throat> basically the day of October 7th, uh, Hamas comes out and says, we're responsible. Netanyahu comes out and says, I've sent jets, we're at war. Right? So that, that happens immediately. And then uh, um, in, uh, by October 8th, fighting was ongoing. They sent special forces to six different uh, places, mm. had to take over um, some, you know, and, and of course at this point, they don't even know how many are dead, you know, how many, how many were slaughtered. And of course then the, um, the slaughter was a lot of civilians. I mean, a thousand civilians mm. that were at this so-called concert, young people. For peace. For peace, yeah. Um, you know, women, children, old folks, and then a couple hundred hostages taken. That included babies whose parents were killed and slaughtered. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, talk about innocence or whatever. It just, it just uh, and then babies were killed. Kind of, kind of smacks to me of Herod killing the innocents mm -hmm. or Pharaoh killing the innocents. It's of a biblical proportion. And so it's absolutely horrid. And, and the next day, uh, Biden came out and said, we're supporting Israel. This is horrific. And um, who's the Secretary of State? Blinken, mm -hmm. you know, came out and said, everyone should be sickened by this. Right. And of course, they got to see, you know, the video of what exactly happened. And, and, you know, I don't know that we need to rehash everything mm -hmm. that happened, but it included rape, beheading, um, burning alive, torture, persecution, um, it was the full display of raw Islamic society for yes. the world to see. In other words, that is Islam. Yes. And so I always disagree when, well, this yeah. is not Islam. Yeah. No, no. That's Islam at its root. Yes. At, at, when it goes all the way through, yes. that's what it is. You know, they might have art. Islam might have art, culture, yeah. architecture, mathematics, you know, some beauty and music and, and, and maybe even... Um, you know, military might or strategy or all these different kinds of things that you could say were, were are high things. But it also has some of the very lowest things. Not that, that Christian crusaders didn't do wrong, uh, you know, sort of thing. But we've moved on. Mm -hmm. We're not Christian crusading anymore and killing Jews and, and everybody that's not our color. Um, but they still seem to want to go back to 7800 uh, A.D. and have that sort of world, right. which would be a man's world, yep. wouldn't be a woman's world. You know, wouldn't be a black man's world. Wouldn't be a LGBTQ world. Or a democratic world. Wouldn't be a democratic world. I, anyway. I mean, really, the smartest way for Hamas to overtake Israel is to participate in the democracy that Israel provides. And they would in a generation, because that's how we are. Yeah. We would. That's what we've done in America. Yeah. I mean, America is the blueprint on how to take over a nation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and if they would just participate. So that's Hamas that's down in Gaza and in the West Bank. And um, but then up north, immediately day of the battle within the first 24 hours, Hezbollah up in Lebanon. Now, Hezbollah is not synonymous with Lebanon. Mm -hmm. Hezbollah is a percent, a, 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 a third, mm -hmm. we'll say, of the population. They're Shiites amongst Sunnis and, and Christians and whatever. But they're primarily in southern Beirut, northern Lebanon and southern Lebanon. And there are U.N. Uh, observant bases down there. I think right now there's Irish troops in mm -hmm. those in those. But I mean, you haven't heard anything about that because they're not even a tripwire. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not saying anything to anybody about anything. Uh, but the, neither is the UN, <laughs> really, right? So the UN is kind of worthless yeah, when oh it yeah. comes to UN peacekeeping, right? It's not doing it. And uh, so they're, you know, it, it's not. I wouldn't call it so much a, a hot war compared to what's going on in Gaza. 
But I mean, we're talking hundreds and even thousands of bombs have, have gone over both ways and, and scores of people are dead right. uh, you know, on either side. So um, Hezbollah is a similar type of organization. Uh, it's a political party and militant group that first emerged during Lebanon's civil war as a militia after the Israel invasion of that country in 1982. And since that time has been one of the foremost political forces. This is from Encyclopedia Britannica, which is not a, a um, which is not necessarily a conservative uh, thing. So it right. separates it and says it is clearly a Sunni operation, which is Iran, right? So Mecca is, you know, the Sunni uh, Rome, if you will. Mm -hmm. But Qom, Q O M, in Iran, uh, is the is the uh, Shiite mm -hmm. Rome. And so there's different sects of Islam, and the Shiites then are just connected with, even, even though Iran is Persian, and uh, the Lebanese down there are would be more kind of blended in with Arabs, mm -hmm. you know, with Arabs. And so don't you think Lebanon has a little bit different, has an identity that's rooted a little bit different in their geographical location? Well, they, they call themselves Canaanites. Yeah. I've been there. And they, they say, well, we're, we're the original Canaanites. So they, they want to say that, you know, they preceded the Persian Empire or the Persian glory or something like that. Um, but yet they speak Arabic. You know, they yeah. have Arabic style culture. They have uh, Islamic uh, Sharia law, you know, that, that overtakes them. The Palestinians are really just Arabs. They're more Jordanians, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Now, Egyptians would say we're Egyptians, and Turks would say they're Turks, and Iranians would say we're Persians, we're Iranian. But everyone else really is Arab. You know, most of the mainline mm -hmm. Arab mm -hmm. things that we taste and experience here in America are Lebanese. Right. You know, it's like yeah. if you, so if you go yeah. to a Mediterranean restaurant, yeah. it's a Lebanese restaurant. Yeah. And it's kind of like we go to Chinese food, but like our version of Americanized Chinese mm -hmm. food is from a certain part of China. Yeah. It's not like representative of all that. And the, so when Britain had the British mandate over, you know, Israel, Palestine, the French had the French mandate over Lebanon. And so Beirut was called the Paris yeah. of the East. And it was sophisticated. And it has some of its finer things. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so their food, their culture, their music, yeah. their, and they were very Western and they had a lot of Christianity. You know, yeah. there as well. They still do. That's what I'm saying is there's a little bit of a Lebanese identity that's built to that land in that region more than just simply uh, Palestinian that is Islamic, that is. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, um, I, you know, I've been there. I was there after the Civil War yeah. and, uh, you know, it was all shot up, you know, things. But they had all kinds of green lines. The lines are literally painted green lines on the roads. That's what they call them. And so this area was Christian. Uh, this area was Sunni. This area was under uh, Beirut, Lebanese government control. This area was under Syrian control. I mean, the Syrians controlled so much of the area. And then the Wild West was the Bekaa Valley and southern Lebanon where Hezbollah was at. And so I circulated amongst them. I found them to be not so much Islamists as much as they were uh, political monsters. Yeah. And so they, they talked about religion and they were open to talk about religion and stuff, but they much more want to talk about America and Israel, even though they don't say the word uh, Israel yeah. when I was in, in their midst. So I didn't find them cowboys or, I, you know, I found them somewhat sophisticated and, and, and kind and hospitable and stuff like that. But I mean, I wasn't allowed to say Israel. Right. right. <laughs> you know, I wasn't allowed to preach. I was allowed to answer questions about Jesus. You know yeah. I mean? So they, they're not afraid of that. Of course, Islam respects Isa, you know, it, you know, yeah. and to some extent. But, um, yeah, but, but Hezbollah is now threatening. So you've got Hezbollah on the north, which are Shiite, Hamas on the south, 
which are Sunni, mm -hmm. um, and then you've got the West Bank, which is kind of mixed. But Turkey and and um, Qatar and the Muslim Brotherhood from Egypt all support Hamas. Mm. So they've got all kinds of outside support, and that's mm. where that's where all that ringing is coming from. The International Criminal Court, and I do not like the International Criminal no. Court. Okay, I, I'm not for it, but the International Criminal Court has has a document you can get online called the Element of Crimes, and of course it's international crimes. And it's not talking about drug running. It's talking about in, in times of war. And Article 6 is about genocide. Uh, and then Article 7 is crimes against humanity. And then Article 8 is war crimes. Every single one of those have hostage taking. Every single mm -hmm. one of those have, in other words, you can take over a city, and by virtue of taking over the city, you have all these people. But that doesn't mean they're, host they're taken hostage. Mm -hmm. You now have to make sure they're safe, have medicine, water, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when you take someone from their home, from their family, and you take them and you hold them hostage, particularly to cover you, that is a war crime. That is genocide. That is um, against the International yeah. Criminal Code. These hostages are not – Israeli hostages yeah. are not prisoners of war. These were not combatants on a battlefield no. that dropped their guns no. and surrendered right. and waved the white flag. Not even the, not even the soldiers. No. Because they weren't in a state of war. They had a previous – Truce and ceasefire. Right. They were under truce and, truce and ceasefire. And so to, to, to not declare war, to just attack, it, it is still against the International Criminal Code. Now, you know, what is the International Criminal Code? I mean, is it even moral? Is it even right? Well, well and, and our objection to it is because we don't want anything that has sovereignty over our nation. Right. So we, we don't want to put America subservient to a, an authority that is outside of our own democratic or Republican democratic process. The, the last place I wanted to go was just about hostage-taking. And um, I, I found this paper by uh, Jason Paul Wickman. It was one of those thesis papers you find online. And it's from Liverpool University in England. And his paper is called The Enslavement of War Captives by the Romans to 146 B.C. And it's really interesting um, because he talks about how, how in antiquity you took the war captives to utilize as slaves to work in your fields while the men went to war. And so... In a way, it was protection, and then mm -hmm. they used them as protection. So you got to go back to pre-Christ mm. to to look at where this was last done on a on an okay scale, where everybody participated in hostage taking, right. and it wasn't a war crime; it was just how it was. Mm -hmm. If you got overtaken, whether you were at war or not, and you were a slave, and you got put in the fields, or you were some sort of uh, protection against the army, or you were traded and sold you know, for the strength of your family, uh, you know, the captors' families or whatever, which is what's going on today in Hamas. Commodities. I mean, it's, it's barbaric. It's yes. pre-Christ. And yes. so Christ, Christianity has set the captives free. Yes. You know, and, yeah. and here we come down to our final thoughts. Yeah. That, that the, a Bible nation has changed society, even changed what war is, how we define it, what the rules are, how we practice it, how we prosecute after the war is over. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so... The reason I say Hamas and Hezbollah is because they take hostages. Mm -hmm. They take them for bargaining. They take them for protection. They take them as, um, uh, as blockades, as human shields or whatever. Mm -hmm. And this was the intention to begin with. And today we're seeing you know, a forced peace or mm -hmm. pause, but that's only come about because Israel hit so hard. Mm -hmm. I, I really truly believe that. And so um, this morning there were you know, shots fired smoke in the air uh, over Gaza. In other words, while they said they would extend it for two more days and try to get another 20 hostages, you know, somebody doesn't want that to happen mm -hmm. within. It's probably not Israel.
It's probably some other Islamic Jihad group or whatever that's like, no, we, we want this to end. And so as of today, it sounds to me like it's probably done, you know, in that process. But this is, a, this is barbaric. Hamas should be held to account on mm -hmm. this. Um, <coughs> Israel doesn't have a choice but to say, we are going to smash you until we get our hostages back and this is done. We're not going to negotiate with terrorists, mm -hmm. and we're not going to negotiate, especially a two-state solution, mm -hmm. with someone that we can't get along with. And so the only reason why Fatah is in, is in power is because it's not affiliated with the Muslim Brotherhood and because they've said we're not going to do this by violence. Now, they, they could be disingenuous in it, but they're the ones that Israel's propping up because they're like, yeah, we want it to be at peace. And so people need to realize that, that mm -hmm. this is not just um, you know, Israel committing genocide, mm -hmm. right? The Barbary pirates were dealt with by not taking, giving ransom. Mm -hmm. But, but uh, Biden just gave billions of dollars to Iran for prisoners. Yep. So we've gone all the way back pre-Jefferson, pre-America. And so, you know, we've gone full circle. Because once America got in power, we said, we're not playing European games. We're not giving ransom. We're not having terrorists. We're going to create the Marines, and we're going to send them in right. and the, to the shores of Tripoli. Because you can't profit from this behavior. You can't profit from this behavior. And since then, we've always said, we don't deal with terrorists. We don't right. give ransoms. We don't do this. <clears throat> Supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. At least that's <laughs> been you know, the face of what we do. And this is what the Marines are for. We're going to kick in the door and, right. and, and, uh, right. and you know, take names. <coughs> so civil society has rejected this ancient practice because Christianity has erased it. Mm -hmm. But Islam has embraced it mm -hmm. and is still using it today. And so you know, we don't want to put down all Islamic, Muslim, Arabic peoples in the, in the world by any stretch. But we're just saying, hey, accept Christ, you'll have a better society. Right. You know, li live under the auspices of Christianity, and it won't be perfect because men aren't perfect, but we won't have this form of, you know, anti-Nicene mm -hmm. butchery and, and barbary. You'll get a day in court. Mm -hmm. You'll get some sort of protection in the law because right now there's nobody anywhere there that has that. Yeah, and I think, you know, to the listener, as you're listening, and this is being debated in the, in the market of ideas, mm -hmm. Hamas and Hezbollah do not represent an idea that is equal to the ideals that we are defending. There's no moral equivalence. Right. They're, they're, you, you, yeah, they're not equal partners. They're, they're not, uh, this is not a, a, de, a, uh, a debate between two right. equally weighted sides. 50% here, 50% yeah. here, and now we've got to work our difference out in the middle. They, they, they are two different ends. And the people in America and in the West that are somehow defending and finding solidarity with Hamas and all this stuff against Israel there's not only no, not moral equivalency, there, there's no moral equity. There's no right. moral understanding amongst this, these kinds of people as well. And so we ought to consider that what they do in the streets, burning things and undermining elections and things like this, is terrorist behavior. Mm -hmm. I mean, we ought to reject it as well, as much as we can through the law. But, you know, I don't like the fact that Trump today is saying we need to be able to utilize the U.S. military within the borders of the United States. We've never done that. Never. And, and this is why, you know, Trump's responses are popular with some people. But that's not what Christianity has brought about in America either. And they're unhinged to anything other than his own self-interest. Absolutely. And so just the swinging of the pendulum will take it the other way. And so we have to keep Christ in the, in the conversation. We have yeah. to keep, you know, what is our republic? It was created by this Christian form and ideal you know, Benjamin Franklin said, we've given you a republic if you can keep it. But right. everybody has said this form can only be had by a moral people who understand it and govern themselves. Uh, Psalm 53, verse 6, 
all that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion, when God bringeth back the captivity of his people, Jacob shall rejoice, and Israel shall be glad. Mm -hmm. We're seeing just a foretaste mm -hmm. of, of that play out today where they're rejoicing over getting a baby or a daughter or a grandmother you know, back. But that is uh, a picture of what Christ does in every human heart in mm -hmm. setting the captive free and what he'll do when he comes again especially in Israel. So the bells are ringing. The trumpets are warming up. Mm -hmm. We are so very close. Mm -hmm. So Pastor Jay, I'm going to give you, you know, the final thing. Talk to your fellow pastors. Talk to fellow Christians on, on how they can pray and what they should be thinking. Well, no, I was just thinking, you know, you, were, you, you shared that gospel thought mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Israel, the nation of Israel is a nation of promise. Mm -hmm. But embedded in those promises has always been the return from captivity. Mm -hmm. And so on this micro sense of these individual captors, but, but they are part of a nation that God has promised to use captivity for their chastisement, for their correction, yeah. but to always return them yes. from captivity. That's potent. And so, I mean, there, there, we're seeing that played yeah. even in our, right before our eyes again. So even God's working with Israel now, right. again. Yeah. And so, so that, that's a perspective. Mm -hmm. And of course, that same truth, that's the same God is the God that you can have in your own heart. Uh, with through a personal relationship with Christ, who who does set set the captives free, I, I think to the pastors, you know, and that close the closing thought is, you, you do not get caught up in the Fox News media sentimentality of having an improper perspective of not the humanity, not for the humanitarian crisis because it is, and our hearts ought to be broken. Mm -hmm. But of the but uh, don't let that mask the ideological differences mm -hmm. of what is taking place, and these things are not equal. Yeah, correct. Thank you so very much, Pastor. Well, it's good to have you today on the on the, uh, the the Bible Nation podcast. You can check us out at BibleNation.org. Respond to us. We'd love to hear from you. We've got a lot of wonderful resources there for you. Might be good Christmas gifts uh, for you as well. And uh, stay tuned. Remember, the best culture is a Bible culture. It's proven and it works.